Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. Are you looking for beer, wings, and swings in Lake Forest? Well, check out Duffer's Pub and their state-of-the-art golf simulators. This primo setup is the perfect place for your next corporate event. Yes, let your boss win. And of course, all the games will be on the TV and you'll never go hungry because the za and wings are scrumptious. Go to Duffer's Pub on Western Avenue now. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Otto, John, C, and Helen. Philippe Navidad. What's up, Pete? How you doing, brother? Interesting week, huh? Yeah. Yeah, lots of stuff where going we, on. Where do we begin? Now, obviously, we got a hot mic, and we'll edit out anything questionable. Just let me know, which could be 90% of the show. You never know, Philippe. I don't think so. Hey, what do you think? Um, So is this kind of like I'm your guest, or am I? So we're just kind of shooting this just kind of a... We're at the bar. We're at the In bar. In fact, I'll leave that. Yeah, we're at the bar. We're at the Lantern. Okay. We're at Duffers. We're at Chiefs. We're sitting down, and... Should I go get my uh, koozie, my podcast koozie? Probably should go yeah. find that. <laughs> Keep it off of eBay. <laughs> oh, no, I think, I like it, you know, we've had a whole bunch of new subscribers checking us out. And they're, they're okay. trying to figure out what we're all about here. Trying to figure out what I'm all about. Yeah. So, you know. Keep them guessing, right? <laughs> well, you know, just, just like our wives. So uh, I think we should start with uh, how we got together. We we got together on a a, a a rocky start, didn't we, Philippe? I mean, yeah. I mean, you it was me. it was a it was a competitive sort of situation. You you you, you thought maybe? Uh, no, there's no maybe with me. You, we were on kind of different teams, but you didn't really realize, I think, maybe that you were on the wrong team at that point, which is totally fine. You're doing your duty as a, <laughs> you're you're doing your duty as a civ as a you know a caucus civic man. I probably would have yeah. done the same thing if I were you. So, I, I, well, here, get tell everybody, share it with the class. Yeah. Or you want me to share it because I'll have a different. No, group. I'm happy to. Do, are, are we uh, are we getting started or is this? Yeah, we, we're starting. We, We've been going. Okay. We're using everything so far. The Lake Forest Podcast. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, Pete, um, I met you while well, you were serving, doing your civic duty here in Lake Forest uh, on the Lake Forest Caucus, which is um, the same way in actually that I started in Lake Forest. I, I joined the caucus within uh, the first year of me uh, moving into town. Um, you know, I'm a believer in the idea of the caucus. I think maybe it doesn't always uh, work out the way um, it, it should, but that's that's like anything. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, um, you know, so so I had served in the caucus. I had supported uh, candidates in competitive elections in the caucus. But um, when I had left the caucus, uh, there was coming up, uh, it was the era of the masks and the COVID and the school stuff yeah. and a lot of things that people were upset about. And, um, and I just did not like the slate <laughs> that the caucus picked for for the high school board, you know, and, uh, and which is it, the it current, just, which is the current school board. Which is uh, many people on the current, not all of them, some of four yeah. of them. Um, okay. And um, when I say I didn't like it, I, I mean they're fine people. I didn't have anything per any personal animosity towards any of them. What I what this I did have, all business. 
I, I yeah, I, I just did not like what I thought would be their vision and what the vision they're articulating for um for for our kids as my kids come into school. Anyway, you were serving on the caucus. You as a as a good soldier were defending your your slate, which the caucus should do. And um and uh I got involved with the let's do better slate at the high school. And we we ran at, at that was a competing a competing slate, a contested election for the school board, right? And I wasn't running, but I helped them run. I helped people yeah, yeah. do advocacy and political campaigns. Um, and so there was uh, a, a challenge election that the, the voters spoke and went with the caucus. But uh, and which was which is how how it should be. Um, you uh, you uh, you know, I guess maybe didn't like me at first. I'm not. You maybe can characterize how you felt about me, but we definitely got into sort well, of. Well, I called you a hired gun. Uh, hired gun. Yeah. Uh, you know. All, all that stuff, same stuff. You you know, you call me. We don't we don't know each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We, we got into face, Facebook battles. That's right. Uh, and and so after the campaign was over, uh, you and I sat down over at Starbucks, and and um, you know, uh, we had we had a nice was it local for Starbucks. I ha- I can't I tell it, people I went to Starbucks. I think it was a locally owned uh, coffee establishment. <laughs> okay, <in> that, <laughs> but but uh, we had a nice chat and. Um, and and it was uh you know we've gotten to know each other and um you know i really support the podcast the idea of the podcast and your podcast um and the competing podcast for that matter any, any platform I, that can spread information that's halfway yeah, right that's right tell me if i'm talking too much pete uh, but uh no, but no uh, you don't worry i'll shut you down yeah yeah shut me down but listen i i think i think we have a crisis in society not just in lake forest and lake bluff and, and, and it has to do with with people um, forgetting their civic duties to be involved in their local communities. And in some ways, sometimes when people stand up and involve themselves in their civic thing and, and do what is virtuous, that's what that's that's what uh, our society is about is being involved in it and making it making it happen. It's a citizen thing. And we, there's sort of a I see I feel a flip like where maybe it's like it's looked down upon to be involved and people we should just quietly accept the 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 dictates yeah. of our leaders or the or certain people and, and, and Don't shut ask up. Questions. I'm not I'm not that way. And and so I support the podcast. And um you know anytime you ask me to come on uh, you know I'll, I'll say yes nine times out of ten uh because because I support it. I support what's support people being in, engaged, informed, involved, sharing opinions. That's what makes a rich vibrant society. And so that's 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 it. So I so I'm I I consider okay, you that's your version. All right. Yeah. Here's my version. I had to get this podcast going to do something on the cheap where we could interview the school board candidates and put them out there. You had a competing slate. And, you know, uh, when you get into a competitive situation, like you say, pointing fingers. And at the end of the day, the you know, the caucus one, you guys put up a hell of a fight. You, uh, you know, politics, right? You're, you're, I'm a conservative guy. You're a conservative guy. You've made money in politics. You know what's going on. I'm not afraid to tell people that because I, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I want to leave the room because, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on politically that I don't understand, that other people don't understand, that you can understand. If we just get out of the way that, hey, politics isn't an identity, if you're a Republican or Democrat, whatever it is, okay, two people talking at the bar that, you know, that's what we're doing here. So yeah. my point is, we didn't get off on the right foot, and there was right. a lot of you know pointing, and now here we are, we're buds, we're buds, yep. right? Yep, yep. And that's important to keep it, keep it under, always understand that that your adversaries, you don't have to hate them just because you disagree with people. <laughs> it's better that, and even if they're wrong, you know? even if they're wrong and dumb, <laughs> I didn't say you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now True. let's see. Since we've since the school board, okay, you've had. Uh, you, you you're you're working with Mary Cole for state's attorney. We had her on the show. She's she's great, legit, um, smart smart lady. And and you've gotten uh, parents care Lake Forest Lake Bluff with uh, Jeff Brincat and uh, Frank McCormick, right? Yep. Now, when you come on this show, it, this is Philippe Malin talking. This isn't all the other brands. This is Pete and Philippe sitting at the bar talking about things that are going into town and it's not Mary Cole. It's not 
the you know Lake Forest Lake Bluff. It's not Jeff. It's Philippe and Pete having a little chat. Yeah, Did I get that out right, Philippe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like makes me a little nervous. You know, it's about me this time. But yeah, no, it's uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I I live in Lake Forest, um, and I like to work with people and causes. What I do professionally is work with people and causes who I think have a people centric vision for um for uh you know the world and society, and I try to help them become more effective at communicating and advocating for themselves. And, um, you know, so, so that's what I do professionally and I'm happy to talk about those, those, those things that they have local relevance, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm well, not speaking on behalf of, of those organizations or candidates or anybody else, uh, today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Philippe. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of stuff going on in town, starting with this, uh, this tent over at, uh, is it hometown coffee or homeless coffee? <laughs> I guess that depends who you ask in town. You know? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, Julie Morrison. Now, this is kind of where the politics comes into play, Philippe, because yeah. I, I put something out there. I saw a law. I saw she was part of the law. I don't know what sponsoring the law is. I don't know what voting. All I know is she's from Lake Forest and she said, hey, man, I want to make sure this homeless guy has it as easy as possible to be removed from the premises. Is that how I'm reading that homeless act? You know, I mean, you could read it that way. I did become familiar with the homeless bill of rights law that the Illinois legislature passed in 2013. Um, And it's SB 2010 and 2013. Maybe you could find a link or something like that. So that if you want to listen to it, but the, but it it provides a number of um, anti-discrimination provisions in the Illinois code uh to make sure that people that commu- government aid- entities aren't discriminated against people who are um you know homeless you know and that that they are they have certain rights to pr- private property and and being treated decently so so i think you know in my mind you know um it's it senator morrison who who voted for it in 2013 when she was in, in the illinois senate um you know i i I assume there's only good, but good intentions on that. Like, I think we can all understand that homelessness is not just something that we can just close our eyes and pretend it doesn't exist. It's real. It, it exists in our society and there's real human beings involved in it. Um, but you know, like any law there, there may be some provisions that, that could um, uh, be over overbroad or, or yeah. be too protective and maybe, you know, not balance the competing interests. And I think ultimately um, you know, when you have a law that, you know, some early readings of like what well, the situation in Lake Forest where somebody that the, the Christian, the gentleman who's living there um, could put up a tent. I think that rubbed a lot, a lot of people the wrong way, Pete, you know, because like every, you know, for, there's a number of reasons we can get into it, but, um, but uh, it turns out maybe the city of Lake Forest doesn't believe that the homeless bill of rights uh, allows uh, people to put up tents anywhere they want in town. And so, um, so anyway, it's a complicated issue, you know, um, and it's it's hard to know exactly, you know, maybe maybe blaming isn't the right word, but maybe we need to figure out um, as a community how we want to address this issue in a kind of a, in a thoughtful way. But politics comes into play because the, the people on the left say, oh, this poor guy, this and that. And the people from from the right say, hey, man, don't give the guy money. Give him give him options to choose from. And. I talked to this guy on the phone uh, on Tuesday, the 29th. Uh, Christian seemed like a good guy. Uh, I said, hey, man, uh, how about you come on the show? He said, sure. And uh, he he was supposed to be on the show like right now. But I guess his phone got disconnected. Mm. (laughs) He's no longer. And I think his tent got disconnected. I think everything got disconnected. Yeah. Uh, and now the rest of this stuff, Philippe, is all allegedly, but some people have sent me some stuff. I guess he's from Massachusetts. He's got uh, a record. And, you know, we're, the, the people on the left, now correct me if I'm wrong, Philippe, because you're more PC than I am. But the, the liberals, they're like, hey, man, leave the guy alone, give him a chance. And the dude has a tent across from Hometown Coffee, one of the most happening places in town. Kids coming by left and right, and the dude's got a record. And you're like, hey, it's okay. He can be there. You see, mm-hmm. what, Am I looking at that wrong? I mean, yeah. I mean, 
it's a really tough issue. And and I was, you know, you know, for the listeners that you and I were going to go interview him with his, only with his permission. We weren't going to spring on him or anything like that. But, no, but I but talked he, to him on the phone. Yeah, he said, yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, I was really looking forward to it because, um, you know, when I work on campaigns and candidates, I think what I bring the value to, to, to the people is, is to try to bring a kind of a people centric approach to politics and try to make things less about the issues and more about the people. And so I was really interested to learn, to hear from this guy and hear his story. And maybe, you know, I mean, if, if the offer is open in the future, I'd be happy to do it because I would love to, I would love to do it also. So, but, but like, I think some people only look at him, you know, maybe you see the left or whatever. They're like, oh, they only see him as maybe a victim or somebody, but there's a lot of people involved in this issue. There's also the people who live across the street from this tent, you know, who spend, you know, like I have empathy for people who work really, really hard. Maybe they work Saturdays and Sundays and time away from their families for the right and privilege to live in a beautiful community that we live in here in Lake Forest, you know, and, um, you know, they look across the street and they see somebody taking it, taking that for free. And they, and they, and they also have a story. So there's, there's people involved in a very complicated, complicated issue. Um, so I, you know, I was, I was looking forward to hearing his story and maybe helping people in town understand, because I think, I think, you know, we can look at the issues and then we also have to look at the people. Um, but you know, this issue, my, my sister's from California or I'm from California. My sister lives in Los Angeles. Have fun in San Fran. This is an issue. Yeah. She lives in Los Angeles and we could talk about how LA has changed some of their policies on homelessness, but, um, but uh, it's, you know, I think a lot of people have legitimate concern that, um, if, you know, if if this is this could this could explode. And I don't think I personally don't want to live in what I see in my mom's neighborhood in Santa Rosa, California or in Los Angeles or San yeah. Francisco. Where you have people claiming the public land and and right. um, and, and changing the, the culture um, in a lot of ways negatively for um, for communities that. Uh, but but know, it starts people. with one. Right. It could start it with this start. dude and then another one. And if you don't That's the concern. Yeah. And yeah. look, a bum is a bum, a vagrant's a vagrant. It just turns out, look, allegedly, I mean, I saw the record, so it's there, but I'm just going to say allegedly, you know, you got somebody with, with a record with your kid going by. How can you be, how can you be so forgiving of somebody or trying to be, leave the guy alone? Uh, I guess not everybody left him alone. Well, two things. One, yeah, I guess a, uh, allegedly a local attorney in town allegedly just allegedly. put that up on the put that up on the top corner of the uh, video here so we can <laughs> it's it's the blotter it's the blotter yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> tried to do his own eviction on the 27th and yeah. and uh i guess got yeah. in, the, in, the, in the pokey <laughs> and then i, I guess think that was bad i think that gentleman uh demonstrated bad judgment you know um you know i you know we government doesn't always work as quickly or as effectively as, as maybe we want, but I, I do have, I spoke with a couple aldermen. I, I feel um, that they've handled this. The city has handled this appropriately. And um, obviously there's a lot of complicated issues. Um, and I, and I think, um, I think the gentleman who decided to kind of take matters into his own hands um, made a huge mistake and should have given, uh, you know, should have, inquired from the city and got more information instead of trying to just kind of, you know, uh, pop out and, 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 and physically confront, uh, this guy. That's, that's just not the right decision. We, we should be an anti-violence, uh, not to say it was particularly violent, but there are some violence in there. And I think that was a bad decision. I don't know what, what you think, but I think it was. Well, it's a lawyer. It's a, it's a lawyer that I, I hired at one time. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. I that I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the FOIA says. But it highlights it know. highlights Pete though. It highlights that this is an issue that affect. It's not just the one person, the the gentleman Christian who's who's in the tent. It yeah. does affect a lot of people, and 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 I think if we're really trying to get friends, we got to think about the impact and be fair to all people, not just the, the maybe the sympathetic guy in the tent or maybe the sympathetic neighbor. But we have to kind of try our best to be empathetic, and then. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I would say also, Pete, not to cut you off, but, but, but like, I have the privilege of being a parent, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great thing. And it can, it sometimes helps me think through issues about parenting, you know, and, and like, in some ways, you know, 
the people who think that, hey, he should, we, we, we have a duty to make this guy as comfortable as possible here in, in the tent in Lake Forest. They kind of remind me a little bit of the parent who says yes to everything that their kid wants and never can like provide structure for their child, you know? And they're like, hey, and I'm not so, sh- I don't know if you're looking a little confused, but like, you know, like if we're saying, hey, it's okay to live like an urban cowboy, you know, and kind of just sort of plop up everywhere. Is that really the best thing for for this kid, for this guy, Christian, who's living there? Is that really to, to, to say, hey, this lifestyle that you've chosen is okay and 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 we're going to try to facilitate that as best as possible? Or is it better to maybe be sort of like the type of parent who's a little bit more tough love, you know, and say, listen, this is unacceptable. We We will provide you resources. We will provide you the help and support you need to make better decisions. But as as a parent or as a community, we don't think this is the best for you. It's not only what's the best for the neighbors and their safety, but also for this guy. Because what is he going to live there for five years, ten years? Like his life is going to go get deteriorating worse. At least from my perspective, maybe I don't fully understand it. So maybe we need to be a little bit tougher, make him less comfortable living in in our public spaces, so that he more likely will make the decision. I assume that he's not mentally unwell and that he's actually like a. I, I talked to him. No, he's all there. He said, Hey man, yeah. I don't want to, I don't like the rules at the uh, shelter. Um, and I reached out to, what's it? Pads. I, I'm yeah. not sure how that operates, but pads. look, call it a, a, you know, mental issue, whatever it is, an addiction issue, drugs, alcohol, alcohol, whatever. You can't do that in these shelters. Right. And, or they boot you out. So that's why they go, uh, you know, on the side. I don't know why he picked right in front of hometown coffee. I could see Conway farms or whatever. Maybe that's farther away from the train tracks, but unfortunately we're by the train tracks. These guys can, you know, hop off and lay on the Walgreens bench. And, we have know, a beautiful community. I, I get it. I get why he would want to live here. You know, I get it. <laughs> you know, it looks pretty <laughs> for a campsite. It looks pretty comfortable over there. All the bums honest. like it here, including me. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly so, so yeah so I, so so julie morrison i'd love to have you on which i know is never going to happen and next in line and never happening is prue beidler and then susan garrett but all all of those people on that side that defend that way of looking at things we, we could conceivably turn into uh san fran or la is san fran worse than la now you're a cali guy yeah. So my San Francisco is much worse than Los Angeles. And I'll tell you why now, at least and I, this is just hearsay. Okay. Cause I haven't spent a lot of time there. I don't, I don't go there as much anymore, but, um, but, um, but um, my sister who's uh, you know, in her early forties has a family lives in Los Angeles. Uh, they are very left wing and tolerant. You know, it's always colorful at our family reunions, but she did tell me kind of a change in the way Los Angeles started looking at homelessness. Okay. And they said, listen, in the old days when you saw Skid Row and just everywhere and stuff like that, they were like, we got to be compassionate to everybody. We got to make everybody as comfortable as possible. And that was becoming unsustainable in Los Angeles. Anybody who's been there can see what's going on in those towns. And so they decided there's three types of homeless, homeless. There's there's the newly homeless, you know, prototypical newly homeless would be, you know, a single mother who's been, you know, maybe the subject of domestic violence, has children, has to move out of the house for safety and is is like living out of a car or something like that. That's one example. Okay. The other, another category would be the mentally unwell, not just, you know, some people want to be like, everybody who's homeless is mentally unwell. That's not true. They said in Los Angeles, they said there's, there's people who are mentally unwell and are like, just, you know, we've seen those people before and we kind of know them, you know, uh, you don't always, it's not always obvious, but um, you can see, sometimes you can see it's obvious. The third category is the, what they call the urban cowboy. And I think it's a great phrase, the urban cowboy. And this is just somebody who's decided that they want to live this lifestyle, whether they want to, they want to have access to, you know, drugs and don't want the responsibility of working or, or flying it, but they've decided to live sort of a, uh, like, so it's, 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 it's largely, uh, you know, primarily, I would say a choice that this is the lifestyle that they've chosen, you know? So the city of Los Angeles said we have limited resources and it's starting to become problematic. And we want, they decided to dedicate their resources to category one, the newly homeless, and then secondarily to the, to the mentally unwell. 
and then to make and then to stop trying to make life comfortable for the for the urban cowboys. And that's not to say to harass them and rough them up or ship them onto you know onto a plane yeah. to Antarctica or something like that. But to stop spending money and resources and 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 trying to house people who just don't want to be housed, you know. And I, that would be the question that I would like to ask this gentleman Christian who lives in the tent to say, do you want? to live in housing because you see on Facebook and stuff, a lot of guys are like, Hey, well, the solution to this thing is to get them housing, but I'm not convinced. I'd like to talk to him, but does he, is he looking for that? Or is he an urban cowboy? And he's decided that I'm going to live in tents and I'm going to live off the land. And this is, this is the, the, the choice that I've made. And I think that framework might help us better understand where to, where to dedicate our compassion and our, and our, our concern for homeless people, people who are living in homelessness you know, maybe it's not so much on the urban cowboys. You know, if this guy's looking to get housing, let's get let's help him get there as a community. I think maybe we can. You know, there's a lot of ways we're doing that with tax dollars and, and philanthropy that we can do that and human compassion. Well, he told me he was he was willing to work, and he he just didn't like the structure of of a, a shelter, and he disconnected his phone number, so I can't. I can't ask him, uh, you know, anymore. Yeah, I know or, it'd be nice to ask him, you know, do you want to live in a house? Do you want to live in, you know, like, you know, if somebody were to give you a place in North Chicago at $300 a month or something like that, would, would that be something that you want? Or, or are you looking to camp out, you know? And I think that will help that that can help us as a community start to think about that's why let's start with the, in some ways we think about the policy, but maybe we could also think about the people, you know, and it, let's look at the people and figure out how how to support them. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. And I'll just yeah. I'll add to this Christian deal. It's like a cross between a stealth camper and a hobo. You know, because that's yeah. stealth stuff. Uh, kids today are minimalists. They can live out of a car. You know, they don't want to pay rent or they don't want to work. They'd rather have experiences. That's going to probably last till they're forty, and then they'll figure it out. But the. It, you run into these uh, uh, situations where let's just take Lake Forest where, okay, maybe we lucked out because the guy put a tent in the ground or somebody gave him a tent. And if he just had a cardboard box, technically, I think he could still be living there. So how do we, ch how do we change these r r laws around to uh, make it easier? Cause the only thing that I can figure out is the, the, the parklands, maybe lease it to the podcast, and I'll, I'll I will patrol the pod uh, the podcast grounds. And if there's somebody loitering on my property, uh, I will call call the cops on them. Uh, I think we need to get you an AI, one of those AI images that you make in a, in a sort of a you know <laughs> kind of a private security. <laughs> Can you get that or, down? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the mall carb, the mall cop. Yeah, uh, I think um, <laughs> Pete, it's a great point, and I think you're. I, the distinction that we're seeing is the city can enforce the tent thing because that's putting up a structure and nobody yeah. can put up a structure on public land, but we all have a right to be on public land. Yeah. And, and largely in part of that Julie Morrison law, um, we're not allowed to, to call, to treat somebody differently because they're a quote, a hobo of, or a vagabond and under state yeah. law, you know, you can't, you know, you have to, it has to be equal. So, so we all have a right theoretically, I guess, to be on the public land. We all have a right to be there, our physical persons. So that's where in Illinois, the city won't really doesn't have much available to it um, because the homeless law and maybe other laws, I don't know, to to remove somebody just because they're homeless or just because they're, um, you know, they're doing it. Now they can regulate activity and, you know, it gets into sort of beyond my, my purview. But my understanding yeah. is, is that if the guy's sleeping in the bushes, they, there's very little that our city can do to um, to remove him uh, from that. He's going to has a right under Illinois. Looking off from a bottle of Mad Dog and drop him off in front of uh, the parkway at Prue Beidler's and Julie Morrison's house. <laughs> Seriously, if, if they're if they had their house and that dude was right there, you think they would be bringing him soup? Uh, I. To my knowledge, Julie Morrison hasn't said a, a word about this issue. She's she lives here in Lake Forest now. Um, she voted for this legislation. I, I would like her to. You should have to come on the podcast, but I think she should give a vigorous defense of of why she passed that law and why she thinks that this you know uh, the citizens of Lake Forest should 
you know, I mean, she must, she must have reason. So she said she should say, but she must, she should own it and go to Oakwood and Washington and talk to those neighbors over there and tell them, Hey, listen, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to, you, you know, you have to take the burden of this because this is the right law. And I think she should, she, she owes us as a community, I think an explanation and shouldn't just kind of like well, disappear when it, when, when things get hard, you know, like, I think she needs sure, to, let me put my aluminum foil hat on. Yeah. She was on the liberal podcast just last week. Oh, she was the liberal, the, the, uh, yeah, I didn't NPR. know that. Okay. So she was on there for 30 minutes and none of this came up and I've had people reach out to me and say, you know, why hasn't the liberal webs, um, the transparency people, why haven't they spoke out on this issue? And some people are telling me, again, I have aluminum foil hat on that that guy could have been an actor or a plant to put, have you heard these? I don't believe it. I talked to the guy and he was just a bum, <laughs> but they're talking about that they would hire actors to go plant in places to try to get the community to be divisive on this issue to make Randy tack look bad because Peru lost. Uh, Have you heard any of that crap? I, I, I mean, I would, I suppose anything's possible. You know, I actually, I've been accused uh, of, of orchestrating this whole thing by one of your guests, Joseph Arena, who lives in a, in a, his own kind of <laughs> fantasy <laughs> land of reality. Uh, yeah. He accused me of doing it to somehow help uh, Mary Cole's campaign or something like that. Um, for the record, I've I've never met this guy, and I've had nothing to do with nothing to do with him being in our community. Marino or Christian? I, so I don't. I um, I think people's emotion, uh, imaginations can get better. I, I tend to not try to to go down rabbit holes unless I have some sort of yeah. basis or, or or something. You know, I mean, like if I did a I did a Google search on this guy when I got his name. You know, yeah. if he had, if he had fifteen years of homeless uh, advocacy in his background that I discovered, then maybe I'd be like, okay, I wonder what's going on here. But um, yeah. I I found, I found nothing that that would indicate that there's that that this is a um, a setup, and so I don't be, I don't believe that. But homeless that, is that's real. Kind of, it's a real thing, you know. Like we don't yeah. we live in a little bit of a bubble here in Lake Forest, but like it is a real thing, and there are people who are living in homeless for maybe different reasons. Um, and so um, you know, well, what's I, what. Well, Philippe, what's funny is, you know, we get in these Facebook battles <laughs> and uh, they say, well, we should be more compassionate in this. And I then I just say, hey, man, why don't you go out there and help the guy? Why don't you do something, you know, from, from the left? Like, because when I talk to him on the phone, he says nobody's offered him anything. Nobody ought, no, nobody told him about any of the shelters and, and all that. He, he just basically hopped off a train, found a place. Uh I didn't ask him where the tent came from, but he didn't look like he he just you know went to Walmart to buy it. Um, yeah. Well, I but, uh, I did speak with an alderman who I won't name necessarily. Yeah. Private conversation, but um. Or alder woman. Alder, yeah, alder person. Um, and he or she told me that um that the city's had social workers and that they've been in communication with 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 this guy and that they have been ensured that he knows about resources that are available in the yeah. county to, to help him. So, so um, I don't know, you know, I mean, that's hearsay again, but like, but, uh, but are you I, telling I, me I, a bum lied to me, a vagrant lied to me, Philippe? You know, maybe, maybe the, you know, you know, maybe he was saying when he first got here, I don't know, Pete, you know, you know, like that, that it would have been, I hope we get a chance to, to, to enter, to, to talk with them. You know, I might actually go talk with them at some point here uh, this week, but um. But if we get a chance to do it, I think it'd be a really interesting interview, and we could. I think he's um, on way on his way to San Fran, brother. <laughs> they're very accommodating. They're very accommodating, but it looks like a horrible place. They've really destroyed that city in San Francisco. You, you cannot park your car, even if you put stuff in the trunk, man. They'll 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 rip you off. It's, it's crazy. Exactly. I had three three buddies in the last couple months just mm -hmm. smash and grab out of the back window or. They'll hit the window, pop the trunk, and take everything out of it. The luggage. I mean, I'm from the, I'm uh, from an hour north of San Francisco. San Francisco was where we would go to, uh, you know, at 16 year old, we'd bring, uh, you know, put a couple girls in the, you know, go on dates to the, in the uh, trunk the cliff house, and and go, you know, we'd go out to the, to the to the glass elevators at Union Square, and then we'd go to Little Italy and and uh, Pier 39, and then take at the end of the date, you'd go up above the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a beautiful city, and it, it is heartbreaking to see what's happening. And I think it is really important. Or people of Lake Forest to understand that, yeah, okay, it is about this one individual, but it's also we need to really think about this issue because it can destroy our community 
really quick because it is not good when you, you know, one person might be fine. He may have a criminal record or not or whatever, but if you have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're starting to get into a population where the odds are that there's going to be some people. And I love, I moved here because I love the idea of my daughter riding her bike to school and, and the kids going into town and, and not having to worry about, um, worrying about safety, you know, and leaving the door unlocked. And, you know, I know we're not supposed to do that now. So I'm, you know, we're locking the door, but what I'm saying is, is that, um, is that, um, that's part of the lifestyle here in Lake Forest. That's part of the reason people come here. That's part of the reason we live here and we love it. And it's not, it's not guaranteed, you know, it's not guaranteed. It, we can give it up and we can give it away and turn this town into something totally different. And it can happen really, really quickly. Detroit was once the best, the best, brightest, best city in the world. Look at it now, you know, and now it's trying to recover from the depths. Friend, of it's, it's, you know, and, I'd rather be in Detroit than San Fran. I'm just telling you. These days, yeah. Right, man, they both suck. San my God, we used to have so much fun going to San Francisco now. I'm not sure I would be comfortable having my kids go to San Francisco as, you know, 16-year-olds driving their cars around, you know. <laughs> so, so, so uh, Morrison, please explain how this homeless bill is a positive thing. Don't get it. She ain't never going to come on. This is what's going to happen. And it just causes wasted energy. I don't I don't get it. Don't don't tie the hands of our leaders trying to do the do the right thing, because I mean, I did a post tongue in cheek. You know, I'm that kind of guy, Philippe. Yeah. But it's the leaders in town, you know, they're they're trying to be careful so they don't upset the five percent of the outliers on the other side that are going to cause 90 percent of the problems for them. And, and that's a shame. So. All right. So I'll leave that alone, Philippe. Uh, yeah, I'm good sure. discussion, though. I think it's I think it's a complicated issue. And I think my, my one last closing on it is. Yeah. to encourage people who care about this issue or feel passionately about it. Don't take matters into your own hands, but instead try to try to think about your attorney. It's okay to have your opinion and, and to feel strong. It's not, you're, I don't think it makes you a bad person. If you think that this guy shouldn't be able to set up tents in the middle of town on the public space. I think that's, you can be a good person and, and fully compassionate on that. And I think you'd be a compassionate person if you think he should be able to. And, and, um, and you think that that that's the right thing, but, uh, you know, just try to spend some time thinking about the other side and, and, and other people, uh, beyond just the, <laughs> the one that you care about, you know, the neighbors or, or, the or, or the guy in front of fresh market, the bunch of people are giving me crap on. Yeah. Yeah. Is, my, he, my is he saying racial slurs? <laughs> my daughter's friend gave him a 20 spot, uh, you know, when he first, Oh came God, no. yeah. And I was like, man, you're taking 20 bucks from a child that, you know, yeah. a little so I, 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 you know, so, um, anyway, that was the extent of, of my support of that, of that guy financially. Right. It, it, He's it, right next to a help wanted sign. And what, why can't we move that guy? I don't expect, you know, the answer, but I'm just asking everybody out there that guy's irritating people. Why can't we do something about that guy right there? That, that's all. I don't know what you can do. I don't know what you can do. I mean, he's on the public space. You know, he's not harassing. He's a pleasant fella, you know, like, so it's not like, you know, that's so. not what I, yeah, all I can yeah. go is by the emails and comments that people say me. So allegedly he, he gives a lot of mean comments to, to uh, people. He doesn't like the way they look. Just saying. I've, uh, I've never experienced that. So I don't know. I, well, I don't go to fresh market. I go to Walmart and everybody <laughs> in Walmart's nuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on to the next, the uh, yeah. Safety Act. That's coming. Is that September 1st or 2nd? Where that Second, comes? September 2nd, the Safety okay. Act full force in Illinois. Yep. So basically, it's if you didn't kill somebody, there's no bail. <laughs> it's a it's a large and complicated thing. So there's multi-facet, there's multi-components um, to it. You know, it's like one of these... Yeah you know, like this, you know, stacks of Stack stuff, of but, but uh, I think the thing that a lot of people are queuing in on are, um, one, um, bail is over the idea that you can, you know, like if, you know, if you're like, go beat up a homeless person or something, just kidding, you know, but if you, if you get arrested and they, and they, you know, they charge you, um, you, uh, I think he'll re represent himself. <laughs> I don't know, but bail, I, I think it was just a citation. I don't think it was a felony or anything, but, um, but, but I think, um, I think the, the idea of bail, the way that you have to go, you know, you, you put up some money and you get out, that's gone. 
Okay. So, um, so I think there's certain classes of violent crimes where you, you, you um, are kind of held pre-trial. This is pre-trial detention. This all exclusive has to do with pre-trial detention. You've been charged, but not, you haven't gone to trial yet. And so um, violent murderers and stuff like that can go in. But if you're anything short of like a few kind of very, very specific violent crimes, including like robbing your car and stuff like that, yeah. then you can only be held pre-trial if and only if the state's attorney does a, makes a motion to try to, to, to ask the judge to put you in pre-trial. That's got to look at it. Yep. The judge has no ability. So, you know, like, you know, uh, there's no, there, it's all the powers vested in pretrial detention in one person. In this case, it's Eric Reinhardt, who's the state's attorney uh, in Lake County. Full disclosure, I'm helping his candidate of his opponent. But this is this is not a- uh, Full disclosure, I've been talking smack on Reinhardt for about a week okay. now, at least. Okay, I just want to, I don't want to look like I'm like, but uh, yeah, so it puts a lot of power into this one person. Okay, that person has exclusive ability to to put something in detention. And so it really matters after the safety acts law now. There's not, you know, it's not a matter of whether safety acts good or bad. This is the law. And I think, you know, part of the reason I'm really passionate about this state's attorney race, and I think it's important, is one of the reasons is this pretrial detention, is that we want to have somebody who's a state's attorney who is going to handle that power responsibly. And I think Mary Cole will do that. And I think Eric Reinhardt, who's a lifelong defense attorney who always feels excess compassion, in my opinion, towards the, the person who is alleged to have committed the crime versus the, the considerations of public safety or the victim's uh, considerations. He, he's got his thumbs on the scale of justice towards the, the accused. That's his character. That's his passion. That's where he comes from. And so we have somebody who doesn't have our community's best interest and will always kind of side, put his thumbs on the scale as opposed to kind of balancing all the equities. And yeah. so I think I don't think it's 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 um it's uh, uh, a good policy for us here in Lake County and, and and safe for us to have somebody like Eric Reinhardt with all that power to to let you know the guys you know maybe it's you know without getting into specific cases you know like these guys who are burglaring ten cars in Lake Forest what if they caught that person you know I would say Eric Reinhardt more likely than not would be like okay. We're going to charge you later, but for the right now, you're, you're free to go, you know, on your own cognizance, you know, and, you know, who knows, maybe they'll next week, they'll come back to Lake Bluff as opposed to Lake yeah. Forest to, to steal 10, uh, to rob 10 cars. I don't know, but, um, but that there's a real difference in this race between Mary Cole and Eric Reinhardt on, I think on, on, on kind of how they're going to execute that very important power that derives from the safety act. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I mean, Mary Cole came on and she, she gave her. We what'd she say? We don't want to have pauper prisons, and uh, so so the one question I asked her was: Is, is there going to be enough jail space if we arrest everybody? And dumb me, I didn't think about it. There's going to be nobody in the jails now because everybody's going to be out on the street, right? So yeah, it's going to be empty jails. And now when she said the paupers was, I think she was, that was in response to you asking her her why people yeah why that's what i'm saying talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. the safety i just want to say that that's not her policy to support that's poppers. not her but that's why it was yeah, yeah, put in yeah. place by the yeah. democrats right that's what eric reinhardt might say is we don't want to have poppers prison the fact is that that's just false and that's they're solving a problem that doesn't exist because the judges do very under the bail system they do a lot of great work on trying to make sure that the bail's appropriately set you know so if, yeah. if you if you're somebody if you're you know, super wealthy guy, your bail might be the same crime. Your yeah. bail might be higher than if somebody, if you have no money and, and you're, you're charged for the same crime, your bail is going to be much less, much less. That's, that's, that's how the judges, uh, you know, in that well, state's well, Philippe, I don't know too much about this other than you put down 10% of your bail and some guy named Joey bag of donuts fronts it. And if you don't show up in court, Joey yeah. bag of donuts comes looking for you. <laughs> it's a great incentive to get somebody yeah. in the court. So, yeah. I think those uh, those you know the the traditional bail bond stuff is a little bit highly regulated or outlawed in Illinois, but there are ways for people to to make to make bail. But it's gone. Starting September second, there will be no more bail. That's that's a that's a thing of the past in Illinois. So shoplifting, we have an issue with shoplifting now, so it can only get worse. Is what you're telling me? You don't even have to waste the time. Uh, I fully expect crime, particularly petty crime and lower level crimes and nuisance crimes, to skyrocket in Lake Lake County. And I think I think criminals. But people who would commit those things are drawn to Cook County and Lake County because they know that they that they can get away with a lot yeah. of stuff. 
It's already there's, happened. We're seen in the past, and it's with the Safety Act. You're only gonna. It's only gonna see more. You're gonna see a bunch of people being released from prison on September second. Uh, you know. Well, let's yeah. go back to your buddies in San Fran. I mean, to go to a Walgreens there, you want an ice cream bar. It's under lock and key. You the negative. I think. I think a lot of times, you know, these legislators and these ideologues like Eric Reinhardt and these and the state legislators like Julie Morrison and 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 Bob Morgan who support him. They Democrats. see a problem. They see a problem, and so they like fixate on solving the problem, and they don't. They don't think about the negative consequences of what's going to happen from their laws, and and they never take. I never see them take responsibility. Like I would like them to say. I would love Eric Reinhardt to say, you know what, we're doing this, and it's important. Yeah, you, John P. Public in Lake Forest and Lake Bluff, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna experience more crime. You're gonna have to. Be more careful about locking your cars. You're going to have to think twice about sending your kids to great America. You're going to have to think about those things in a way that you didn't have to before. And I understand that that's because of this law, but I understand it because we also have this other important problem. And this problem is more important or as important as your problems. And so, but they, they always try to say, Hey, there's not going to be any negative consequences for our policies that there's not going to be a spike in crime. And, and if they do, they'll never admit it, but we, we don't have the choice. We don't have the choice. We have to live it because we have to live with it. And that's what's that's what's at stake here. It's not a I don't I think that they have a cognitive dissonance and they don't even acknowledge in their own brains that this is going to happen. They just pretend that they're solving a problem and that there's not going to be negative yeah. consequences. And But we have I mean, to live with poor, it every day. Our, we hear about it. Man, our poor coppers, man. <laughs> they just want to do their job. They do their job. They're coming in and let them go. So that's it's like another Uber service, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's different elements of where estates are very important. And another one is whether or not you charge a crime. So if you're out there and the police, you know, if you committed a felony or something like that, they'll call their state's attorney's agents who are awake 24 seven and, you know, something happens and the, and the police think that they've got enough to charge. They call the state's attorney and they've got all the elements in the state's attorney's yeah. office. They call it the felony review board. Um, they call him up and the failure reward says, yeah, charge him or don't charge him. And what we're seeing with Eric Reinhardt and his administration is that don't charge him. Large, so the police officers are local Lake Forest and Lake Bluff. Talk to any of them. They do all this work to try to build up a case. Sure. And then it's just like turned out. And we think, I think it's because largely based on political ideology reasons, as opposed to law and order ideologies, like do the elements of the crime fit? They're saying no because we don't feel that that person should be objective versus objective yeah. political ideology. Yeah, so it's 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 more. Um, so it's important race. You know, um, one of the things that we that marriage based challenges for, to articulate why this is an that state's attorney race is important. And I think it is an important race. You know, you vote for a state senator or state legislature. That's just going to be one of a hundred or something like that. It's not yeah. going to make a huge difference. This one. This person has a lot of power, particularly after the Safety Act, and it's an important race for people to pay attention to, and to 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 get involved with if they if they want to. In my opinion, of course, I'm biased, but whatever. But but I, but I do sure. think I I I'm I'm I think I'm spinning it straight here. So, Eric, I give Eric. I know you're listening out there, or maybe not. I give everybody a fair shot. Just look at me and Philippe. We didn't start off on the right foot. Okay, I've been talking smack on you for a while. You want to come on and give your side of things? You know, come on. I don't think he has a side, so I don't think he will go on. Let's go on to the third thing here, Philippe. Parents care, Lake Forest, Lake Bluff. You're also a parent. I don't know if you can separate the two. School has just started. And as I came in to my home from, from O'Hare, coming down Deer Path Road, and that lovely time to be in town at like 8.15 a.m. where everybody's dropping off their kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I love that traffic jam. What is because uh, people are so passionate about worried about traffic jams for you know the artificial turf and all that. Why can't we be passionate about is is the school bus no good here or what's you know parents don't want to give up control of dropping their kids? You're a parent. I'm just asking. Um, you know, I, I they, they do have school buses. I don't, I don't know why they're not. Um used more than they are. Maybe it's a bit expensive. My, my kids, uh, ride their bikes or walk to school. I live close to the high school and, and a bikeable to the deer path and walk, walk to the high school. So, um, we, we use human power to get to school. Um, 
I don't know why. I don't know why the buses and the cars. All I know is my best solution is to avoid Deer Path at those at, at eight o'clock or whatever in the morning because that's 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 a nightmare getting stuck. In yeah, that. I didn't. I didn't avoid. I only it, learned but, that lesson once or twice. You know. But, but yeah. Philippe, I'm just reaching out to the. De- this is me saying it. I'm reaching out to the Democrats out there that are worried about um, global warming and all that. And mm. of course, they're driving an SUV Escalade. Mm. <laughs> yeah, spinning rims. <laughs> smoke coming out the back and they don't want their kid to go on the, uh, on the school bus. I, I you know, I don't yeah. get it. Oh, and these same people have like each one of them in the car, have a, have a plastic water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, not to take over the show, but uh, one, but... Solution, one, one solution a lot of people have decided to do is these electric uh, scooters and bikes. And I think, okay. you know, that's something you wanted to talk about this show, or maybe you want to save it for another. No, show. let's go because it's a, uh... Well, here you start it, and I'll give you. I, you know, I have my unique view on it, and it's not going to be popular. But go ahead. Let's flip seats, Pete. I'll be the host for a second. What do you okay. uh, What do you think? You know, we're hearing a lot of people in the community articulating that there's safety issues. I think there might have been a collision recently. Uh, you know, but the but the, it's a great way to get around. You know, hey, it's low, good for the environment. These kids have a lot of freedom, and uh, you know. So, what do you? What's your take on on this? I issue? would love to be able to get around the sidewalk at fifty miles an hour. Just sit across <laughs> from Sweets. Just put a folding chair and just watch across from Sweets. Yeah, somebody's going to get killed, and then all of a sudden the crackdown is going to come in. Right now, anybody that's coming on any of those storefronts. Okay, and somebody's coming down. Okay, maybe not 50, but 20, 20 miles. I I love physics in high school, all six years of it. But (laughs) there's this thing called inertia that's coming in. And let's just say, you know, you're an older person like myself, Philippe. I'm kind of big, though. I think I would hurt anybody in town. You do not want to hit on your electric bike if you Pete. (laughs) Just I'm just saying. But you come out, you know, and I got my chocolate, my dilly bar. Some kids coming in, they're getting wiped clean. So yeah. it's going to be a, I think it's a real safety event. It's going to be, it's, they don't, it's not just one. They're in like a pack, right? Yeah. At least what I've seen, two or three coming together. Shoom, 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 shoom. And then somebody with their uh, Escalade, they just got done dropping off their kids at school, mm-hmm. is going to take these kids out. And then everybody's going to be sad and say, why didn't we do something? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think the way to look at this is to pretend that the accident, the tragedy has already happened and then think about the policy. I don't think we need to lose one of our beautiful kids in this town to then act. I think I think I think. And I don't know what the action is. You know, I, you know, I know it's probably really hard for the city planners to kind of think about how to balance the. The equities, you know, I I, re- I rented those 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 scooters in um, Austin and um, had a great, you know, we were doing around like it's fun, <laughs> super dangerous, no helmets. Yeah. So don't tell my wife, but um, but um, but uh, I did notice that in certain areas of the town, I think it was maybe through the rental company, but the but the um, ability to go fast was cut, and you could only just kind of go like at like two miles per hour, like really slow. So I wonder if maybe there's a speed limit through this particular urban cores or certain areas where it's basically walk it or or you know it's it's moving at like less than one hour i don't know if there's a technology to do that or if there's just a policy yeah, it's called carpet tax carpet tax <laughs> what does that mean Are you tax nails oh, oh yeah oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah but there's well, no there's there's absolutely no excuse to tolerate kids going at 25 miles an hour on the sidewalks, you know, around downtown. That is so dangerous. And, and, and it's got to, it's got to stop. All right. Here, here's something that I heard. Yeah, I heard. Now you and I, we're fan of the, the, the boys and girls in blue, right? You know, we prop them up, but I've heard that they don't want to deal with the paperwork or the hassle of, you know, dealing with the kids. But I've also heard that from other parents that the police don't have a problem with dealing with the kids when they're doing parties at night. So like, what's the, have you heard any of that, Philippe? I haven't really been intimately involved. We don't have those at our our house. I don't, I don't know, but. Okay. um, But have you heard that the the police don't want to deal with it? They don't want to, they don't want to. I haven't heard that. I'll take your word for it. And I, I understand all I'm saying is 
what I would what I would say, and I don't know if it should fall on the police or the school or all of us as a community or maybe technology, but going back to it, it may seem like a trifling thing now until some little somebody's little girl gets yeah, hit by a Johnny's brain is, and then we're gonna go time. back and be like, what the heck were we thinking? You know, I I don't want somebody's little girl to 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 go have, you know I don't want I don't want to hear about that funeral. I really don't. I want the, yeah. I want them to. Um, to put safety first and, and and act as if the tragedy has already happened. I think that can, that can um, go a long way to maybe helping us. Um, and it's, and it's not just the electric scooters, the scooters on the sidewalk are a big issue for the storefronts. We're not even talking about the bicyclists who don't stop at the stop signs that are just carrying through with their AirPods on. Yeah. And you've got pickups, co- you know, coming through there. So we're, unfortunately we're going to see something happen and then, you know, Hey, I hate to be the one that said I told you so, but I told you so. All I don't right? want to hear. I don't even want to hear you say that anymore. I yeah. like. I don't want to. I don't want the I told you so because it's 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 going to be tragic if 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 and when something happened. I think we've already had a collision in town. Somebody told me yeah. about or something. Yeah. So, so it's you know I know that the the police have more important things to do in 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 some ways, but like these, this are, happens. These, are our, these are our little kids, you know, and yeah. um you know uh, the parents can't rein them in and i know how hard it is sometimes to do that um it might be not really it's not that hard it can be you know you don't know what they're doing when you're not when you're not with them necessarily but um but any event i i think i think we need a solution the the storefronts lower speed limits there's got to be some sort of speed limit or technology to to solve the the in-town thing and i think the schools maybe can can be helpful in um providing a forum for kids to learn how to be safe on their bikes and on their um, electric scooters and, and different sort of things. But, and really no electric bikes with the gigantic tires rolling down the freaking sidewalk, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to be a 13 year old driving a, what is a essentially a small motorcycle, yeah. get on the street. Don't put the, don't shift the risk uh, onto right. uh, pedestrians, you know, take, take your chances on the streets. I would, I would say, you know, cause it's, it's cause the streets aren't wide enough here to do a bike lane. Right. Yeah. You can't, yeah. especially yeah. like, again, sweets. It's like, I know they got that crosswalk there, but even with the crosswalk that says stop, you have the cars parked so close there. You can't even see, even if you're stopped, you can move up just a little bit and take somebody out there. So whatever yeah. we said it, Philippe, yep. we said it. You, you, yeah, hopefully you, we don't have to say I told you so. I really hope we don't have to. Did you clear your palate, Philippe? Did you have anything else on here? Anything else no. you want to talk about the school? Because no, I, I think those are those are some of the hot topics. Um, one maybe slight issue that I saw yeah. um uh recently is at Lake Forest College. I don't know if you've ever addressed the issue of Lake Forest College, but it's one of the few colleges in the country that is still requiring vaccine uh, in order to COVID vaccine, in order for students to attend, um, which I find to be a little bit ridiculous based on the science that we know now. Um, you know, it's certainly a personal choice to take a vaccine and it, and it, um, affects whether, how, how strongly you, you are susceptible to COVID, but I, but I don't think it's, it's, it's really appropriate for the, for the college to be forcing kids to get the vaccine in order to attend. get a flu shot. It's a nice university. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's, it's, it's it's not, the vaccine doesn't have anything to do with, with, um, you know, communicability and, yeah. and giving it to somebody else. So there's really no basis for it in my opinion, for a mandate. So if anybody from Lake Forest college is watching that, listen, we're, I'm paying attention to it and maybe, you know, might, might start talking about it a little bit more because I think, I think it's wrong. And, and it's not, it's not like all colleges are doing this. It's just a handful of colleges across the country. It's a super outlier. And I, it's, I think it's embarrassing that Lake Forest college, uh, is, is, um, one of the schools in the country that's that's doing that and you know we if you know anybody who's on the board at lake forest college talk to coach, him ask him coach, why are you being coach Kat, i'm going to interview you about the football team they haven't lost a game in like two or three years i'm going to say hey man you know anything about this and of course he's going to say no but i will bring it up uh anyways yep. philly maybe yep. with, with, with you on the show <laughs> okay whatever 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 you need pete i'm happy always happy to be on the lake all forest right platform. so so next time we see you, philippe it will be part of the lake forest lake bluff uh parents care hopefully we got jeff Rencat and we can get an update on what's going on in schools this is just you and i at the bar having a couple suds right make it. sure the brands are okay it. and of course mary cole great lady hey eric come on man here's your platform let's go i've been blowing you crap for a week deny Deny, deny, deny. 
Philippe Lynn, thank you so much for coming on Lake Forest Podcast. It's been a pleasure, Pete. Keep up the good work. Talk to you soon. Mediocre is what I aspire for. Bye. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. Are you looking for beer, wings, and swings in Lake Forest? Well, check out Duffer's Pub and their state-of-the-art golf simulators. This primo setup is the perfect place for your next corporate event. Yes, let your boss win. And of course, all the games will be on the TV and you'll never go hungry because the za and wings are scrumptious. Go to Duffer's Pub on Western Avenue now. We'd also like to say we're thankful for Patreon supporters, Otto, John, C, and Helen.